Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. He'll just dump one off and it's intercepted. Odell Willis has it. Tipped it up into the air and then pulled it down. The Merrick Commonwealth comes up with the interception. Rebound comes off the boards. Two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter short side. He scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in and home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Are you ready to rumble? Are you ready for the return of Chris Jones? Are you ready for those Saskatchewan Rough Riders to come to the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium? Oh, we will get you ready tonight. A full three hours dedicated to this game, to this rivalry. What a beautiful thing it is, especially the way it's gone recently. You know, the Eskimos have won 15 of the last 25 regular season games against the Riders. I got to tell you this, in their last two meetings at Commonwealth, Riders haven't scored a touchdown. The combined score is 54-5. That's all. That's all. Oh, we have so much to get to tonight. You will hear from Mike Riley. You will hear from Odell Willis. You will hear from Darius Bowman. You'll hear from Shamad Chambers, one of the defectors who went from Edmonton to Saskatchewan. Oh, and uh, we got this guy as well. I'm here again. We're here to play a football game, and that's why we're here. You know what? I'm, I'm tired of talking about all that. I'm here to coach a football game, and uh, so no comment. Christine? <laughs> it's just another game. Uh, I'm here to coach a coach a ball game right now, and that's what we're talking about. It's this ball game. Holy yeah, well, you know what? We won't talk about that either. We're just we're here to win a football game. They are here to try to win a football game. He was here three weeks ago. Didn't have much to say. Why would he have any more to say today? Chris Jones has already returned to Edmonton. Of course, that is the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Spent the last two seasons coaching your green and gold. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched and my oh my. We are going to have some fun tonight. We have, uh, obviously, guys who will play in the game tomorrow that you will hear from. We have some uh, players from the past. Do you remember Dave Ridgway? Robo kicker. Do you remember the Ridgeway slip in the 1992 playoffs here in Edmonton? A kick to give Saskatchewan a win on the last play of the West semifinal. Ridgeway fell down. He also made some good kicks for the Riders. He's going to join us. Larry Ruck, a great Eskimos linebacker from the past. He's on the show as well. Jim Hobson, former president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You know what? If anybody is responsible for pulling the riders out of some doldrums and making them 
a great franchise, and, and let's face it, they are a great franchise now. Uh, it's Jim Hobson who showed some great leadership with that team. He's going to join us as well all throughout the evening. You're always welcome to chime in if you have any concerns about the game tomorrow, you want to talk about it, you want to talk about this rivalry, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. A game going on tonight. It's 7-7 Winnipeg and Hamilton in the second quarter. We'll keep you updated later on tonight. It's Toronto at BC. Reed Wilkins with you. Dave Campbell is in studio. He's our uh, color analyst for the games on 630 Chad. By the way, 6 o'clock pregame show tomorrow. 8 o'clock for the kickoff. Dave, thanks for stopping by, buddy. How are you doing? I am great. How are you, Reed? Good. Uh, Chris Jones, look, we knew that he wasn't going to say anything. They, they kind of went through this rigmarole in the, in the preseason. I guess this is a bigger deal. But, I mean, here's the thing. You dealt with Chris Jones directly for two years. He never really talked about anything anyway. There could have been the <laughs> biggest storyline in the world. It could have been like, hey, Chris Jones, do you remember that last game you played when when a nuclear bomb accident almost got set off at midfield? Well, we don't we don't want to talk about that. That's last game. Like, he just doesn't buy into anything. We're, st- we're still evaluating. He's a little nicked up. Well, we'll let you know there. Uh, when we know, you'll know. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, uh, you know, it's funny when I thought about this game uh, tomorrow night against the Riders. It's more magnitude. It's a bigger game, obviously, than the last game that these two teams played because that was a preseason game. And I'm going, way to go, CFL. You just doused cold water on what could have been the biggest early story of the season. Why have the BC Lions come here? Have the Bombers come here? Have any other team other than the Green and Whiters come here? Because now the July eighth game, it doesn't matter about yes, Chris Jones matter. coming back. I mean, I mean the story. Oh no, the we're story. creating stories here. You're right. I mean, why would Chris Jones address it? He addressed it three weeks ago. Didn't really address it all that much. Although he did speak glowingly about the organization, he did speak glowingly about his time here, and of course, winning a Grey Cup last year. But yeah, he just did not want to talk about it at all. And uh, you know, and I monitor stuff over in Regina too, and um, he didn't really talk about it that much. He said, "I'm not focused on it." You know, he basically said, "If they want to focus on it, uh, they can focus on it." As far as they being the Eskimos, and you know, on the flip side too, yeah, we, they talked about it. But they didn't speak about, you know, they didn't really speak about, oh, well, we can't stand the guy and, you know, we can't wait to show him up. Although they did say that three weeks ago, not to that intensity. And it just shows you, it was a preseason game. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing on the line there. So, you know, J.C. Sherrod and others said, well, yeah, it's a little bit more important than a preseason game because of the fellow who's going to be on the other sideline. But now it's a regular season game. You don't want to put bulletin board material in the other locker room. Right. Well, I just think, here. here's the thing. I, I think this was a big story when it happened. Mm-hmm. I think it was unfortunate that we knew it was likely going to happen before the Grey Cup was even played. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe that angered Eskimos fans as much as... You, you know, whatever, all the the, t- the compensation talk and that he left. I, I think the fact that it was already out there before the game was even played, to mm-hmm. me that's what is, is a bit of a lingering stench about it. But this this is this is uh, this is an incredible rivalry. I mean, this is going to be, where's my sheet here? This is going to be the 105th time 
Saskatchewan has played a game in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. They've, this is going to be the 207th game all time between these two teams. There is always going to be a storyline. And if it wasn't Chris Jones, it would be, well, you know, the Eskimos have dominated, but Darian Durant hasn't played most of the games the last couple of years. Or there's always a free agent that changed teams, yeah. whether the coaches do or not. I just think that is the, the nature of the beast between these two teams. Uh, maybe Jones is the focal point now. If he wasn't, I, I think it would be something else. This is probably the 1A rivalry. You know, the, the first, the best rivalry for the Eskimos is the Calgary Stampeders. See, I, I, this, I, I think it's now Saskatchewan. Uh, I think Sus- well, people can text into 630-630. I bet you more people are going to, I bet you more Eskimos fans will now say they want to beat Saskatchewan. I really do. Now they do. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll find out. Okay. Or so I, could talk- do a, I could do a Twitter poll. Maybe. We're talking about recent... The, the recent events. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's more... Last last 10 years or so, I think it's more Saskatchewan than Calgary. 90s was obviously different. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot to do with that is the fact the Eskimos were so bad for so many years in the last 10 years, and the right. Stampeders were good, were, had good football teams, and even the Riders had good football teams. So, But I still think the chief rival is, is the Stampeders. I think 1A rival... Is the is the Calgary is the uh, uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and that's interchangeable at sure. times. But you know, this is about rivalry. The Jones storyline, which is going to fade after tomorrow, um, you know, because they're here in August. Then the Eskimos visit the Riders in in September. Then if they play in the playoffs, maybe it ramps up again. But you know, right now, hey, rivalries are like rivalries along with controversy. It's the lifeblood of sport. You know, as Brian Hall would say, you know, and it's and this is this is I like this is good. You know, for the players and coaches publicly, they don't want to talk about it. You know, as far as yeah, we can't stand that Chris Jones guy. We want to we want to hammer him. Of course, they want to hammer him because he's on the other sideline now, and vice versa. You don't think Chris Jones wants to beat the Edmonton Eskimos? Of course he does. Is, is there some lingering bad blood maybe within the the the, the, the two sides? Yeah, maybe there's. You know, somewhere of some some of that within this game tomorrow within this rivalry, but overall, you know, it's two teams they don't like each other, and that's what you want, you know. So the fan base just you know they love to ride this story too. You know, Chris Jones left. We won a Grey Cup. How dare you leave us? How dare you take almost every coaching staff member of the coaching staff? How dare you? But now they're saying. Hey, we like the guy we have now. So, well, that's the so thing. there. That's the thing. They, they, the Eskimos hired a very, uh, very popular coach. And, and what is Jason Moss, the new coach of the Eskimos? What is he talking about focusing on tomorrow? Well, he's focusing focusing on Chris Jones, the, the defensive coordinator. You know, because that's the big matchup. It's the offensive coordinator in Jason Moss versus the defensive coordinator in Chris Jones. You have a mastermind defensive coordinator, the mad scientist Chris Jones, up at all hours of the night, mixing potions together and creating explosions. And he comes out of the lab and there's black all over his face because that's his favorite color anyway. And then you got Jason Moss, who's a is an offensive mastermind, right? So that's where the matchup is. And you know, the the funny thing about Jason Moss. And you compare him to Chris Jones. You said Chris Jones won't talk about anything. Well, Jason Moss first talks about the question he's asked, and he was asked today: Will it be good to get these, you know, these first two games over with? Because the, la- the, the the last game against the Ottawa Red Blacks, of course, he was the offensive coordinator last year. Went to the Grey Cup with them, lost. Right. Blah blah blah. Now it's the Riders. The Chris Jones coming back, all that sort of thing. So you're going to be happy when it's all over with. He says, "Well, no, you guys will be happy because you know th- this is basically for you." 
but then he answers the question and he gives you a great answer, right? So that's Jason Moss uh, as as a head coach in his dealings with the media's. But you know, let's let's also call this matchup for what it is. I mean, it's two zero and one teams. They want to win their first game for the Eskimos. They're at home. They haven't lost their first two home games very much in the last number of years. I think the last time it happened was 2013 when they were, you know, that 4-14 four and 14 year. It's only happened twice since 1970. So I have that stat, 2010 and 2013. They were 0-2 at home. The Eskimos have to be favored tomorrow. Well, it's, of course. It's not going to be a tough out. It's not going to be an easy out tomorrow. It's going to be tough. Uh, t- before I let you go, Dave, tell me, and we're going to get to uh, some Mike Riley comments, by the way, before the bottom of the hour. Any any big lineup changes for the Eskimos? Well, Alex Hoffman-Ellis will dress, and he was traded uh, uh, by uh, or acquired by the Eskimos in a trade with the uh, Thai Cats in exchange for an eighth-round pick in 2018. Uh, he's going to play mostly special teams, and he may, may see some time on defense. I, I watched him a lot, even talked to Coach Moss, and... I said, I'm impressed with him. Now, through my eye, it looks like he's picked up the system quick. He says, yep, he sure has. And he knows the system because he worked under it with Mike Benavides in 2014 with the BC Lions. So he is in. Koshi Mwamba is in. And uh, he got cut after training camp, then brought back on the practice roster, worked his way back on the main roster. Mike Miller, fullback, uh, he's back, special teamer as well. And uh, James Franklin will be the backup quarterback tomorrow. Thomas DeMarco is out. And uh, because of the Hoffman-Ellis addition, an import has to come off or an international has to come off, so that's Kenzel Doe, the kick returner. So okay. Joe McKnight will be the primary returner, and he will also be the uh, what I like to call the spell back. He'll spell off uh, running okay. back John White at times. And as Dave was talking about that, Winnipeg with a pick six of Jeremiah Mazzoli, touchdown from a 50-yard return. We'll have to check who got it here. And uh, the Bombers now up 14-7 on Hamilton late in the first half with the extra points. Mulligan. Dave, thanks for dropping by, buddy. All right, thanks, Reid. Your quarterback, Mike Riley, when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So that was Mo Leggett with the pick six for Winnipeg. Winnipeg then uh, kicks off. And gets the ball right back. And now they're in the scoring zone again, up 15-7 on Hamilton late in the opening half. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Fun show as we get you ready for tomorrow's game between the Eskimos and the Rough Riders. And Mike Riley ready to face Chris Jones' defense. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line between uh, knowing what he's going to do and, and also not really worrying about and just executing what you run well and, and executing your offense. So he's going to give you, you know, a ton of different looks. Um, and if you get too caught up in trying to figure out exactly what zones he's dropping into and things like that, um, you're not going to be playing your best offensively. So I've said that for, you know, three years now about this this style of offense. The best part about it is you go through your read, you go through your progression, you don't worry about what the defense is doing in terms of you don't have to see, oh, is he playing, you know, cover three or four week or whatever pre-snap. You go through your keys and your reads, and you're going to find the open guy more often than not if you do that. Mike, is it more about the players than it should be about Chris Jones? Is it too much focus on Chris Jones coming back? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's a big storyline. You know, he he was him and his staff were the Great Cup champs, and and they're on a different team now 
come back to play against our old team, and it's the first time in the regular season he'll be here. So, um, you know, that's a big storyline, but the, the players on the field are the ones that have to play for sure. So, um, you know, I think once your coaches put in the game plan during the week, uh, it's all about who's going to execute better once you get on the field. So, um, you know, I'm not too worried about the coaching staff that we're playing against. It's It was great to see them in the preseason. It had been a long time since I'd seen them, and, and I have great memories with them, and I always wish them the best except for when they play against us. So I wish them the worst for this week. And then uh, after that, you know, I'm sure that they're going to have success. He's he's a great coach, and uh, and he has a great staff with him as well. Riddell says it's easier. It's actually insightful statement by Odell that it's easier to understand what you because it's a business decision. Is that what yeah. makes it? Everyone seems to realize no you guys seem to keep in perspective better. Yeah, than yeah. I mean, that's the the hard part about professional football or any professional sport is that you know off the field we do grow very close with each other we become a family and things like that but at the end of the day you you do understand that it's all about winning games and making money and that's your job that's what anybody's job is about doing doing it the best you can and getting paid for it so when you have a good opportunity like he had I told him before the game last time in the preseason I said man you know nobody blames you that's an incredible opportunity and obviously you have to take that but you know now we've moved on as as has he so uh, that's the nature of the beast in professional sports you play against old teammates all the time you know I, I started out with the BC Lions so they didn't hold a grudge against me for leaving so I don't I don't ever blame anybody for business decisions that they make that are best for them um, but this is football he's the enemy now so we're gonna we're gonna attack him on game day and and again off the field I still consider him a, a good friend does that great cup ring remind you of that stuff that happened last year? <laughs> well, yeah, there's great memories from, from that season that, that we'll all take with us forever. But this is a new season, you know, and uh, and we have to go out and prove ourselves as the Eskimos all over again. He's got to go prove himself as as the head coach and general manager in Saskatchewan. There's there's plenty of things for everybody to fight for and go out and prove every single year, and that's, that's what's great about pro sports too. And that is Mike Riley ready to go tomorrow against the Rough Riders. Southside Rob texting in. He says, uh, hey, Reed. I'm a former Calgarian, and I've also traveled many times to Vancouver, Regina, and Winnipeg. All those teams have a rivalry with any Edmonton team, as the Eskimos always beat them in the 70s and 80s, and also because of the team's arrogance, in my opinion. Edmonton is hated by many and therefore have rivalries with many teams also. Southside Rob goes on to say, for the Eskimos, I think the Saskatchewan rivalry trumps Calgary right now. Thanks. That is from Southside Rob. Text line is 630-630. The phone line is 780-496-0063. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. Check them out on the old internet at actionfurnace.ca. Blue Jays in action tonight, trailing the Detroit Tigers 3-2. That one is in the middle of the fourth inning. A lot to get to tonight. We uh, later on will give away some tickets to the Eskimos Rough Riders game. We're going to give away some more basketball tickets uh, as well. We'll have some information on Oilers tickets. They got the deadline for their power packs coming up tomorrow. All still ahead. Busy edition. Going to be fun. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Bowman. Eskimos Rough Riders tomorrow night right here on 630 Chad. We got the pregame show coming up 
6 o'clock tomorrow night. And we have the uh, kickoff right here at 8 p.m. Going to be fun. Always love when these two teams play. They will play uh, three times this season. The last number in that uh, phone number that you're trying to get should be a 5, Kellen, not a 6. Just going off the lineup here. So we will uh, get a very special guest on in a couple of minutes. Uh, still to come, by the way, besides uh, hearing from Adarius Bowman, Shamad Chambers, Odell Willis, you will also hear from uh, Larry Rock. He's going to be in studio, former Eskimos linebacker, with another former CFL linebacker, Bill Manchuk, who played... For both of these teams, he's a he's a uh, Eskimo alumni and uh, a, a Ryder alumni, so that's going to be fun. Dave Ridgway will join us tonight, one of the greatest players in the history of the Canadian Football League. So uh, I'm going to bring in a special guest here r- right away, and I just want to tell a quick uh, quick story ahead of time. As I've mentioned several times on this show, I spent the first seven years of my career doing uh, primarily television sports in, in Lloydminster, but the station there uh, was, was both a TV and a radio station, so you, so you worked in both. Um, and shortly after I started there, uh, a young man uh, w- w- was hired who I, I took pretty much an instant liking to, uh, though at times we would have heated discussions regarding the Canadian Football League, and that mainly stemmed from the fact that I was a huge supporter of the Edmonton Eskimos, and this individual, I believe, when I bring him in, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he grew up in the thriving community of Landis, Saskatchewan, uh, which I'm not sure, but I think it might be double-digit popula- population. I don't know if they're over 100 yet. And uh, th- this gentleman was a, a huge supporter of, uh, of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That was about the only tension we ever had uh, in our relationship. His name is Kurt Price, and he is he has ascended to be the program director at my old station, Lloyd FM and Lloyd Minster, which is good, Kurt, because if you were my boss, I don't know how well that would go for me. <laughs> you and I always agreed on hockey, but we couldn't agree on football. Yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, generally uh, generally that's, the, that's true. How's life in the border city, buddy? It's great to have you on the show. It's good, and it's getting busier, so that's a real good thing. We're we're happy to see oils up a little bit, and you know how important that is to this community. So there's a little bit of optimism around here. That's good. Yeah, I, you know, I, I keep in touch with a lot of people up there, and they said that uh, the city was hit pretty hard over the last uh, year or so. Absolutely. It's been, uh, it's been terrible. But the optimism is back, and the optimism is back with the riders too, Reed. Well, is it? I mean, <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Well, last year was a disaster, and I'm not. I'm not saying that to pick on anybody because I think that's. I think that's just a fact. They were three and fifteen, and, and changed coaches. Uh, was where do you? How do you? How do you look back on last year, Kurt, as a lifelong Ryder fan? And we're about the same age, so you were a fan of theirs through the long playoff playoff drought in the late seventies and the early eighties. Where does last year rank on the on the low light scale? Uh, one of the worst, and pay, almost payback for 2013 being so good. Like, if you were to, to set two years apart, it would be 2013 was just unbelievable with the big win in, at Mosaic, and then and then last year, you know, right from the start, read, right when Durant played two quarters and then went down, the whole season was a nightmare. It was, it was absolute chaos to even try to sell rider tickets. We're season ticket holders in Regina here in Lloyd, and we've never had a problem. If we can't make it down to the game selling the tickets, nobody wanted tickets. Nobody was going to see the Riders uh, last year. 
Well, yeah, that that's that's unusual because uh, obviously their games are uh, w- always the highest rated on uh, on TSN, and we all know about the, how the well the fans travel and stuff like that. Take me a little bit into the uh, the childhood of Kurt Price. Now, I just looked up Landis, Saskatchewan. I believe it's it, it's the its Wikipedia page says it's up to 139 in population. <laughs> Sound right? That's- that's down to 139. I think we were up to 200 at one time. I think we've. Oh my you know, goodness! They've closed the school there, and. Uh, oh, that's I awful. I think it still has a post office, but uh, you know the population is dwindling as farms get bigger, and there's less and less farmers around. Those small towns are getting smaller and smaller. So where where are the kids going to go to school now? Do they got to go to Wilkie or what? They go to Wilkie or bigger. They have their choice. Uh, bigger is uh, about 35 kilometers away, and Wilkie is about 35 kilometers away, the opposite end. So what do you remember about, uh, I mean, if you're if you're born in Saskatchewan, you don't choose your favorite football team, right? It just is that way. Was that your experience? Reed, I didn't even know anybody cheered for the Eskimos until I, until I was in Alberta. I didn't even know they were, I didn't that fast. I'm like, what? There's people cheering for the Eskimos? They don't live in Edmonton? What? This really? I, I'd never heard of that before. I couldn't believe it because everybody uh, grew up watching the the Rough Riders and cheering for the Rough Riders, and listening to the games on the radio for the most part is what I would do because we didn't have cable in a small town, so we had to listen to the games on the radio. We didn't get to see the games. We had to, I had to go up to my room and listen on the radio. Well, that's a good point because we you you're right without cable in the small towns and I had that experience too not every game would be televised and or sometimes you would actually find out who won in the newspaper the next day which I know is a totally foreign experience. Would you say would you say everybody so when you were in Landis there might have been a couple hundred people I'm sure with the surrounding rural area I mean it's servicing a couple thousand people I'm sure. Did you know anybody that wasn't a Rough Rider fan? I I knew one guy in my last year, that moved to town because he married a school teacher, and he was an Eskimos fan. That was the only guy oh, I'd geez. ever seen in our in my hometown that cheered for anybody other than the Rough Riders. I remember when the Rough Riders won in 1989. I didn't even have my license yet, you know. And we're such a small town. My dad said, "I said to my dad, like I have my learner's license. I said, can I can I borrow the truck? Can I have the truck?" He's like, "What do you want the truck for?" I said, "I want to drive around town and honk the horn." <laughs> So I, I picked up my bikes and we drove around. We stole some garbage cans and we were beating on them and we'd shine the headlights into people's houses until they came out. Everybody was hammered, Reed. It was just an absolute chaos in this in this small town. And the next day, everybody's looking for their garbage cans because we'd beat the heck out of them. Just and we'd blow on the horns and we'd do all kinds of stuff. Just and it was just a huge party. The whole town was involved. Kurt Price joining us. He's the program director at uh, my old station, uh, Lloyd FM. When uh, when he and I were working together, he was the host the host of the morning show. Uh, so l- let me ask you this: I mean, we all know about um, the team traveling well and and uh, and the support they get in other stadiums, especially in Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Though I mean, it's all over the country, but certainly that's the best for proximity. L- why is it that sometimes? And and, and you, we can use any team as an example. Somebody from City A moves to City B, and eventually they become a fan of the teams in City B. But how come when f- people leave Saskatchewan, and, and as you know, Kurt, the province went through some periods where a lot of people didn't stay. It's not quite the same now. Why is it, though, that Riders fans move to other communities and never get pulled into cheering for the football teams in those cities? 
Because when you grow up in Saskatchewan, when you grow up with one major team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and they're they're embedded into you, into your community, into everything that that you know is good <laughs> in life. So when you grow up cheering for that one team, and your allegiance is to that one team, you're always proud of where you came from and your roots. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders stand for your roots. They that's why you never change to any other team. And no matter how bad things get, like a three and fifteen season, you just go, okay. Well, they'll be next year, and, uh, and and you just remember your roots from growing up in Saskatchewan, and you're proud of where you came from, and they're the only thing that was there to cheer from. So you just keep that with you. Do you think though? And, and Jim Hobson's going to be on the show later on tonight, and I, and I assume as a Ryder fan, you have you have a lot of respect for him, though. Do you think though that Hobson and maybe even going back to Barrett and Shivers? That have, that the franchise reached a point maybe around the turn of the century, probably around the, the the time you and I met, where some of the people in a leadership role said, we have to stop being the lovable losers with the crazy fans and start actually putting out a better product on the field. Do you think that transition happened? I think that those are the exact words that Jim Hobson would use, and I've met Jim a couple of times. He was here in in 07 when we won the cup they, he, he helped bring the cup to Lloyd Minster we had a big party here when they won it in 07 and I think he used those exact words we're not the, the lovable losers anymore so yeah I think there was a, a, a conscious effort Reed, to say that's it we need to have a winning football team here and it's not good enough anymore because there was satisfaction from some fans when Danny Barrett came in right when Roy Shivers and Danny Barrett were there the team was what eight and nine, nine and nine, somewhere around five hundred. People thought, well, this is an improvement, and they were happy with that. But when Jim came in, he said, "Well, that's not good enough. You know, we've got to win a Grey Cup. This, this, this is getting too long now, and we are going to start losing our fan base if we don't win." And I think those were the exact words. Reed. Well, in terms of being satisfied, let's bring this around to what we started off at the at the top of the interview, where you said you're optimistic about this season. I think Chris Jones is going to do well there. He's done well everywhere that he went. I, I just don't know if, I mean, quite frankly, Kurt, I'm saying this to you, and again, not to pick on you or, 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 or you know, do any of the my team is better than yours thing, but I honestly think if the Riders do go 9-9 nine and nine this year, coming out of last year, I, I think fans should be satisfied with this. Not every year in perpetuity, but I, don't you think 9-9 nine and nine is, is, is a good goal for the team this year to say, okay, we're, we're digging out of where we were, or climbing out of where we were? Yeah, I think if you talk to any Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan, they'd tell you 9-9 nine and nine is good, 10-8 and eight is fantastic. Right. That's absolutely. And, and that's the feeling that I got at the, at the home opener in, in Regina the other night was you know, people were looking at that game and going, well, you know what? The Riders shot themselves in the foot a couple of times here. You know, there was the bad snap, and they didn't get the first down when they needed two yards. And they gave up the big uh, uh, kick on the on the first offensive uh, series for Toronto. And you take those things away, and you go, well, we could build on this. So I, I think there is some optimism. And I think the optimism would be 9-9. Nine and nine. I think there would be some satisfaction, Reed, if they got to 9-9 nine and nine or 10-8. and eight. And tell people, Kurt, the uh, the divide in the border city percentage-wise, Eskimos and Riders fans. There is about 70%, I would say, Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans and about 30% Edmonton Eskimo fans, which, if you know the population, read is almost the exact opposite. That's right. Where people live. Two-thirds the of the cities in, uh, in Alberta. Maybe, well, maybe it's even more than that since I left, so yeah. 
I think you can actually buy some more apparel here in town now than you ever could before for the Eskimos. But it used to be dominated by green rider jerseys everywhere. Yeah. There's a there's a place in town here they're having a contest. You have to go in and you have to you have to pick who's going to win the football game, give them the score, and you can win $100 in a new jersey or something like that. Oh, and so they line the staff up. <laughs> and there's one guy wearing an Eskimo jersey. <laughs> the other six are all wearing Ryder jerseys. So. Well, they're never afraid to show their they're never afraid to show their passion. Are you coming in tomorrow, buddy, or are you, are you gonna be out in Lloyd? I gotta be out in Lloyd and I gotta I gotta do something early on Saturday morning and that's gonna be a late game. So I'm not I'm gonna watch it on T V and and uh cheer my heart out for the riders, even though I don't expect to win. Well tell you what, whenever the riders win the Grey Cup again, and it will happen in our lifetimes obviously, just don't steal garbage cans this time, okay? <laughs> I didn't in 13, Reed. I didn't in 2013. So. Kurt, great to have you on the show, buddy. Hope we can do this again. Hey, thanks, Reed. And tell Jim Hobson I said hello from the crazy guy in <laughs> Lloydminster. He will remember me from our Grey Cup supper in 07 when they forgot the Grey Cup in PA. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> they left. They left PA. They were coming to Lloyd, and they realized, oh, we forgot the cup. They had, to, they had to go back and get it, and it was by that point they were at a house party, right? And, the, and so they're knocking on the windows, and everybody knows they're they're partying with this great cup. And the riders on the outside knocking on the windows, going, "Come on, guys, let us in!" <laughs> and they're of course they're not answering the door because they're you know whooping it up with the great cup. That's that's incredible, <laughs> Kurt. Thanks so much, buddy. I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot, Reed. You're fantastic. Thanks for the call. Kurt Price from Lloyd FM in the wonderful city of Lloydminster. But they had a Grey Cup rally in Lloyd, and they forgot the Grey Cup. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Boy, more on tomorrow's fantastic game as we move along tonight. Uh, We're going to tell you about some exciting stuff going on with your Edmonton Oilers when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. That was great to have Kurt Price on the show. So, yeah, as a uh, as a youth in Landis, Saskatchewan in 1989, he uh, illegally drove his dad's truck around the community and then stole people's gar- garbage cans and brought them out of their homes to celebrate uh, the championship. I'm not surprised Kurt did that, by the way. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 6.52 in the CFL tonight. The third quarter just started in Hamilton. Winnipeg, bit of a surprise here, up on the Tiger Cats, 22-10. Another game coming up tonight. Toronto will be at BC. The Detroit Tigers lead the Toronto Blue Jays 3-2 in the bottom of the fifth. It has been a uh, busy couple of weeks for the Edmonton Oilers. We have the Hall trade. We had free agency. The orientation camp in uh, Jasper just wrapped up. They had the Billy Moores Cup last night. Maybe some of those uh, headline-grabbing stories might uh, die down for a little bit as we move into July. But, of course, still a lot going on with the team. And to talk about some of that stuff, it is their uh, chief commercial officer, Stu McDonald, who I th- I think Stu, you we, you just caught the tail end of the uh, story about the riders forgetting to bring bring the Grey Cup to Lloyd. So yeah, I appreciate appreciate you allowing me to follow that story. I have nothing to compete with that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, I don't know if you need to compete with it. That's just one of those like, you just like that's that's quite a party though. I mean, that's that's I guess it's yeah. worth it. If, if it's you believable. The... That's for sure. It's believable. Yeah, that 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 is for sure. Hey, how's your how's your uh, how's your summer going? I think you were in Vegas last time I talked to you. Yeah, I was uh, in for a day for the NHL awards and and uh, back in town and 
got a stretch run for us for Rogers Place now with uh, the next couple of months getting set for an opening in mid-September. And uh, uh, the excitement continues to grow, uh, you know, inside and outside the organization for that. And and, it looks like the the moves that Peter's been making around the club is – should have us, you know, again, more competitive as we move forward. And, and uh, I think just adds a bit of the excitement when we roll into September finally. Well, I know we, you and I have talked a couple times in the past about increasing the, the season seat base, and, and that went really well. And uh, now there are the uh, power packs where if people want to, you know, get some tickets for a handful of games, you got the four gamers. Uh, I think you got a couple six and seven gamers as well. How can people uh, get, like, are these already for sale or what do people need to do here? No, what we've been for a number of years uh, on on these partial plans of power packs, we've looked and said we, we've always had, you know, been fortunate to have more demand in oil country than we had supply of the, the packages. And we always like to say, what's the fairest way to do this? We want to make sure, you know, we've got we've got fans of all ages, uh, uh, fans of uh, all different regions of oil country. And so we looked a number of years ago and said, you know what, um, let's put a priority draw together so that everyone can enter at their convenience and we'll do a selection uh, once the draw closes and that random selection will award people the opportunity to go in and uh, and purchase packs and so it's worked very well for us there are certainly our oldest fans are used to it we've been i think maybe the first time we did it might have been around the heritage classic back in 2003 and uh, it's it's continued through to this point and, and so the opportunity for this year is for the 1617 power packs the Party draw is open through till noon tomorrow, and so anyone who's interested in the, the possibility of purchasing, they can enter. And, uh, if they're fortunate enough to get selected, they'll get a window to go online and take a look at the available packs. And if there's something there that fits their needs, or they can purchase it on the spot. And if not, uh, nothing ventured, nothing lost on them. All right, yeah. So you just go to the Oilers website. Uh, you got eight options with four games each: a six-game option and a seven-game option. And uh, you know, I, I've been looking at that layout of Rexall Place since, like, literally I was a child. So I, it, it took me a second to process, like, oh, wait a minute, that's the seating chart, the seating picture for Rogers Place. It's a little to get used to, but you guys, uh, it's kind of an ex- more. There, there are more options here for people, I think, in terms of their price point and where they can sit. Yeah, we're you know one of the things that was important is to still have a you know a, a pretty good entry level point on them and the, the packs this year started as low as three hundred forty nine dollars and as you mentioned there's four six and seven game packs uh, there's eight four game packs one six and one seven so lots of variety to choose from in there and uh, you know the opportunity really is to go in uh, they're they're posted online now so if someone hasn't seen them um, you can at devontoes and just uh, click on the link for power packs and it'll show you all the different packs. Um, but yeah, it really for us, it's been an opportunity to, to get Oilers tickets in a greater number of hands. I'm, I'm sure, given what we saw in the last time we talked with the, the uptake we saw in the season seats when we made them available, uh, that we probably could have said, "Hey, we're going to add another 500 seats to season seats," and you know, be done with it. Uh, but really important for us that we're getting Oilers tickets in as many hands as possible throughout Oil Country, and you know, this is the next step. And following this, the last one will be the individual game tickets, which we'll release later in the summer. But this is, you know, today's best chance to secure your seats for the best games in in the season. Yeah, well, awesome. I'm just looking at some of the packs. I mean, there's one that includes Washington, Vancouver, New Jersey, Arizona. Uh, I mean, you got the uh, 
well, I mean, Winnipeg, Anaheim, Pittsburgh, Colorado, and one. If you want, if you want to see Crosby and the Champs come to town, Chicago comes twice. So uh, a lot of great options for sure. Stu, thanks for joining us, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's always good to talk to you. So again, n- by noon tomorrow, register on EdmontonOilers.com to get in the priority draw for power packs. Stu, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Reed. Have a great night. That is Stu McDonald checking in tonight, the uh, Chief Commercial Officer for your Edmonton Oilers. We are coming up to the 7 o'clock news. Oh, we got so much more fun stuff to get to. Larry Ruck and Bill Manchuk, a couple of former Eskimos linebackers in studio when we get back. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.